Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick, and this is going to be a really fun episode. We got NBA, I'm excited. NBA free agency in full swing. Guys are getting signed left and right. Teams are making moves, but we got to start with some big personal news for me, Nick. Your big brother did it. He is now an engaged man. In fact, I am spengaged. And back to basketball. You know, it was a lovely weekend. Uh, Spen got engaged. We went back to New Jersey to celebrate. Uh, we had we feasted. We we partied. We kissed on the lips. Uh, it was a really nice weekend, and uh, I'm very happy for my brother. He popped his cherry. Yeah, uh, we did everything but kiss on the lips, and I don't know if I would ah! use that. I don't know if I would use the, the expression popped my cherry in, in terms of getting engaged, but I think you I, actually popped I, your cherry when we kiss on the lips. I had, you know, a lovely proposal setting. I brought her to uh, Edgewater on the Hudson River on the Jersey side. So I, I put a blindfold on her, drove her in the car to the spot. She probably thought at one point she might get murdered. Um, but lo and behold, walked her to the spot, took off the blindfold. It was me, my handsome mug on one knee. City of, Am I right? City of Manhattan behind me. I went down on one knee and, and I did the damn thing. So shout out to me for being a, a romantic, not hopeless anymore. Um, and I am officially spend gauged and we might, we might have my fiance on the pod a little bit later in the show, but Please don't right- do it. Be one of those people that now coins that term. Don't what? like coin a term. Don't use that. That can be like, okay, maybe use it on the pod, but don't use that in your everyday life. All right, Nick. Free agency happening as we speak. It is 8.42 on Tuesday night. So shit's been active since 6 p.m. I have Uh, 8.40 on my clock. Are you two minutes ahead? I'm two minutes ahead because my computer wants us to be early for meetings. This is my work laptop. Very smart, by the way, by by my employer. Um, But I want to start with our, our Brooklyn Nets. We're about two and a half hours in, and it has been a pretty quiet night for the Nets so far. Um, right now, it seems as though we are in a competition with the Lakers to retain the services of veteran point guard Patty Mills, who will most likely accept the mid-level exception. So, Nick, let, let's start here. Um, would you like the Nets to sign Patty Mills? I would love the Nets to sign Patty Mills. I think we talked about this, about this on the last pod, and I humped the shit out of it. So, Patty Mills is a smart player. He is a uh, he's a guy with a lot of veteran experience, playoff experience, playing under Greg Pop for so long, backing up Tony Parker, arguably one of the best point guards in NBA history, one of the winningest point guards in NBA history. So I love Patty Mills. I love his energy. He's a hustler. He's a great three point knockdown shooter. Uh, he's a good positive player to have on the team. I, I think he'd be a, a big step up from you know, and no offense to the likes of someone like a Mike James or a Tyler Johnson or even a Bruce Brown, even though they're different positions, and I love Bruce Brown. I want him around. I think Patty Mills is an upgrade from anything we have uh, and a good veteran leader on kind of a team that has a good mix of old guys and young guys. 
I would love the signing. Uh, Patty Mills cha- won a championship with the Spurs. He's got that toughness that you don't see a ton of in, in point guards these days. But we just lost a shooter in Landry Shamit. So if you're Sean Marks, you have to fill that void. And I think if you're able to get Patty Mills, he, he fills that void and then some. I think I I prefer Patty Mills to Landry Shamit because I think Mills has just done it more consistently throughout his career. Shamit's still pretty young. Um, I would love this if you're the Nets. You cannot lose out to the Lakers. And we'll get into what the Lakers have been doing uh, this week with, with, the, with the breaking news. Um, the Fakers that they traded for Russell Westbrook last week. But uh, if you're the Nets, I, I mean, you know, I, I trust Sean Marks. I know he's going to do what's right for this team. But so far, pretty quiet for them. Um, we did lose one of our, our players from last season, and that is Jeff Green. Uh, he signed a deal with the Denver Nuggets, two years, $10 million. So I just wanted to kind of have a moment of silence for Uncle Jeff and his loan season with the Brooklyn Nets. Good for him. Hey, listen. Uh, Nick, this is a moment of silence. All right, continue. Listen, I, I have said this all year. Jeff Green had his most efficient scoring season of his career as a 34-year-old on the Brooklyn Nets. I love Jeff Green. He's a great player. He's a he's a great leader. He was kind of the, the, the glue guy, I would say, of this team. If you needed him to shoot, he shot. If you needed him to defend, he defended, rebound, rebounded. Uh, he was great. But he's getting older, and I understand it's the best interest of our team and probably for him as a player to, to you know seek opportunities elsewhere. What I will say is the Nuggets are a great team to go to. Another deep, deep, deep playoff contender. They were a deep playoff contender last year without Jamal Murray. They'll only be better with Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. only getting better. Jokic still has another you know, you know five to seven years of unbelievable basketball play. He's deep in his prime right now. So – uh, I, I have a good feeling for Jeff Green that he's going to be on a solid team. He's kind of almost, in a sense, replacing Paul Millsap, who was kind of their veteran guy, who not 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 very similar positions. Paul Millsap is more of a true big man than Green plays a smaller forward position. But Millsap was getting older, was not getting as much time, kind of lost his shot, lost his touch a little bit. And Jeff Green fills that gap uh, that a lot of teams need, right? That Inguadala gap, that Trevor Ariza gap, uh, that P.J. Tucker gap, who plays more on the defensive side. But He'll help the Nuggets. He's good for the Nuggets. I'm glad he's on a team that actually has a chance of going somewhere. Um, but he will be missed, and I have nothing but good things to say about him. For the Nuggets, you got another shooter that Jokic can can find wide open. I mean, Jeff Green can hit that baseline three all day, and the way the Nuggets offense works, there's a lot of guys that are open from beyond the arc. Um, but for the Nets, he was expendable. I mean, we knew going into free agency, the Nets are looking to bolster their front court because of all the issues they had defensively against the Bucks in that series. Jeff Green specialty is not defense. He is, he is a little bit older and the Nets have so much talent on this roster. They have so many scoring options. It made him expendable because the main thing he does is score. Uh, so I'm okay with, with him going to Denver and, and Mark's not resigning him. Um, but you have to sign Blake Griffin and Mark's is on record saying that Blake is a priority they want him back in Brooklyn. I think they make it happen. I'm not sure what the money looks like because Blake really showed out in his limited action with the Nets last season. But um, you have to bring back Blake Griffin if, you, if you're going to let Jeff Green walk and, and sign with Denver. Uh, I hope Griffin stays. He's, he, I agree with Marks. He should be a priority. Um, he's still got some left in the tank. That's what we saw this whole past season. So keep Griffin around. But good luck, Jeff Green. So that – 
brings us to Spencer Dinwiddie, who, for all intents and purposes, will probably not be re-signing with the Nets. I mean, there, there's a glimmer of hope, but from what we've seen from, from his side, from everyone in the media, seems he, he's talking to, to teams like Washington, like Oklahoma City. I saw New Orleans would be a great fit because of what happened with Lonzo Ball going to Chicago. But I also read something along the lines of the Wizards wanting to offer him like $16 million per year, which is not what he's expecting. He was expecting somewhere around like four or five years, $125 million contract. So something more than $20 million per year is what he's looking for. And if the Wizards are, are at that 16, uh, $16 million number, it means that he overvalued himself or the Wizards are just lowballing him and, and he'll sign somewhere else. I'm not sure what happens, but it is said that Marks wasn't able to work something out. The problem is if you're going to pay Dinwiddie what he wants, which is essentially 20 to $25 million per year, he's your backup point guard or backup shooting guard, and you're paying a backup guard that much money. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Even though he's so good. good. Like I, I just want to point out how special he is. And in the right situation, Dinwiddie can average 25 and, and seven a game in his sleep. It's a t- Here's what I'll say. It's tough for Dinwiddie. It's tough for any team to put uh, an insane amount of value on Dinwiddie when he hasn't really been a huge factor of a good team, right? The past few years, he's helped carry kind of the lowly nets into a little less lowliness. I think uh, his bubble performance before that, he had some great games uh, against decent teams. But besides that, the nets weren't really at all a championship contender. It weren't even really a playoff contender. They kind of squeezed their way in. Um before obviously Durant and everyone came to the team. So I understand Dinwiddie wanting to say, listen, this is what I did on this team. I averaged 20 points a game or more most game or at certain points over the last couple of years, I deserve to get paid like a starting point guard. But then again, he hasn't been a starting point guard on a team that really had a chance of going far. So it's hard to justify overpaying him or paying him what he thinks he's worth when he hasn't been a, a, a real contributor, a real factor to a championship or a deep playoff contending team. I get that. And I also understand that if you're the Nets, you made it to, you know, game seven with the Bucks, with the team that, that didn't have James Harden down the stretch at hundred percent, didn't have Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie didn't play the entire year. And you got the second seed. You were like a game behind the Sixers all year. You don't need Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a nice luxury to have off the bench. But if you get a Patty Mills and you pay the mid-level exception for him, obviously he doesn't bring you what Dinwiddie brings, but I think he fits this team a little bit better than Dinwiddie would. Um, and this is not me hating on Dinwiddie, by the way. Like, I love Spencer Dinwiddie. It, it, he's just not the right puzzle piece for this Nets team anymore. And this is super hypothetical. Obviously his injury was, was awful, and it was just a really, really tough blow, not only for him but for this Nets team because we could have really used him down the stretch when we lost Kyrie and Harden. He would have been such a great replacement, such a, a great guy to step up and play alongside Durant and Blake Griffin and Jeff Green in that series against the Bucks. And what I, you know, and I hate to say it on that front is, had he played, had he stepped up, had he scored enough and pushed the team alongside Durant to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, maybe we don't win the championship, but we go another round in the playoffs. Maybe we'd be sitting here saying his value is justified and we should, and, and whether or not we resign him or he should be getting a five-year $120 million deal elsewhere, maybe that could be justified if he stepped up during playoff time and proved he still got it with this all-star Nets team 
since he was injured all year, the last we've seen of him was surrounded by scrubs being really the only go-to option. So I know we don't speak in hypotheticals. I know we don't speak in theoreticals. I know we don't speak in um, testicles. But had he played, had the situation worked out differently, we might be have we might be looking at a, a more reasonable, close to to fat deal for Spencer Dinwiddie. We definitely don't speak in testicles, Nick. And uh, I'll tell you this with Dinwiddie, um, not even just with Dinwiddie, but with the Brooklyn Nets. You think about how much had to not work out for the Nets, right? You lose Dinwiddie in the beginning of the season. LaMarcus Aldridge retires. Kyrie Irving gets hurt in the playoffs. James Harden, James Harden hurts his hamstring. Durant only played 36 games in the regular season because he was out with injuries. Like, for all this shit to happen to Brooklyn in one season and for them to still get the second seed, for them to still go toe-to-toe with the Bucks in that series, I, I mean, you just have to think, like, if a few things don't happen negatively for the Nets this year, they should they should go to the championship. But we don't speak in hypotheticals. No, we don't speak in testicles. All right. I call this next segment, Got the Bag. We're going to go around the league a little bit. We're going to talk about some guys who got motherfucking paid on this special, special day. And I want to start with a former Brooklyn Net. Jarrett Allen has re-signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers to a five-year, $109 million deal. Well-deserved, well-earned. I, I mean, what can you can you say about Jared Allen other than the fact that B plus he's just awesome. He's B plus like the signing or yeah, I'm giving the managerial decision here. We're not, we're not grading the signings. Okay. These are just guys who got paid. Whether you think it's a value sign or not, I'm not really asking that. But well, this is a goddamn podcast. I want to give my opinion. Yeah, but that's just... not the segment. The segment, every segment's giving our opinion. You don't just read news. People can fucking read the news themselves. They want to hear me reacting. It's a B plus. Okay. So you're, not, Jared you're, not Allen's happy, a, you're not happy for Jared Allen? I didn't I'm A plus in terms of Jared Allen's happiness. Well, then there you because go. The move was, because the move was a B plus because he shouldn't have gotten paid that much. I say five-year, $80 million. That's what I think he's worth. Well, listen, credit to his agents. They got the deal done. Um, and the reason the Cavs were able to do a deal like this – they just drafted very high in the draft. Evan Mobley out of USC. He is also a center, but I think he's going to play more of that stretch four because he can he can hit the outside shot. And he's also not built like Jared Allen. He's a little bit um, skinnier, not as muscular. But look, you love Here's what I'll say to Evan Mobley. In the yes. words of Troy Bolton, don't be afraid to shoot the outside, Jay. All right, we move on to Duncan Robinson, friend of a friend of the pod. Five years, $90 million from the Heat for old Duncan Robinson. Kyle Lowry also gets three years, $90 million for, for, uh, from the Heat for a sign-and-trade with the Raptors. Um, re-signing Duncan Robinson, signing Kyle Lowry. What do you think of these two moves? I think Lowry is going to play very well with Duncan. Or should I say Duncan's going to play very well with Lowry because Duncan is now a huge upgrade, both physically and talent-wise, efficient-wise, uh, to – Fred Van Vliet, who shoots the, the three-point tick at around 40%. So you're now looking at Duncan Robinson, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I I guess now I have to say not only behind Joe Harris, but behind Pat Connaughton, who's an unbelievable three-point shooter, as we saw in this Milwaukee Bucks championship run. Um, I'm going to give Kyle Lowry signing uh, uh, an A-. Again, slightly overpaid, overpaid, but they need someone like Lowry to even – be somewhat of a past first round contender. And I'll give Duncan Robinson an A plus 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 because he's the first 
ever, or the highest paid ever undrafted player. Five years, $90 million for a dude who started his college career in D3 Williams College, okay? Worked his ass off to get a spot on Beeline's uh, University of Michigan team. Undrafted, proved himself in a summer league that he could knock down threes more efficiently than almost anybody else in the league. And now he's getting a five-year, $90 million deal. Uh, it doesn't get much cooler. It doesn't get much more of an underdog story than that. So happy for Duncan, happy for Portsmouth, Rye, uh, uh, all those small towns in New Hampshire um, that are watching this guy rise to the top. And Jack Williamson, this is for you. Yeah, big shout-out to Duncan Robinson. We love his story, and this just goes to show – even if you're undrafted out of college, you can still make $90 million over a five-year span in the NBA. All right, another guy who got the bag, 36-year-old Chris Paul, four years, $140 million from the Phoenix Suns. I'm not crazy about this signing. I understand why they did it. Million. It's not 140? I'm pretty sure it's 120 million. Yeah. Oh, all right, 120 million, four years, still a lot of money. He's going to get paid until he's 40 years old. Yeah, if you're the you. Suns, you you just you just made the finals with this roster. So you have uh, Booker on contract, Aiton on contract, Chris Paul on contract, and Bridges on contract for another few seasons. That's your core, and you think that you can compete with anybody else in the West. Um, you know, we'll get into another move they did that I think helped out their front court and 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 a solid backup center for DeAndre Aiton, but. And listen, they, they also had some tough injuries. They had Dario Saric go out. Um, they had Tory Craig have, have a scare who he ended up coming back. So uh, I think this is a good move. Obviously, this is unbelievable for Chris Paul, who if had he not had this season of leading them to the championship, would probably be looking at a, a, you know half, if not a quarter of that number. So uh, good for Chris Paul, good for the Suns. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I'm not sure Chris Paul has good of a playoff, as, as good of a playoff run as he did this year. Okay, rounding out, got the bag. You have Jimmy Butler getting the max from the Heat. You have Trey Young getting the max from the, uh, uh, I almost said Falcons, the Hawks. But we have some breaking news. P.J. Tucker, and I don't know uh, how much this deal will be for, has signed a deal with the Miami Heat. P.J. Tucker? P.J. Tucker to the Heat. So he is off the board for the Brooklyn Nets. And for the Milwaukee Bucks. There you go. All right, we got to get into our crosstown rival New York Knicks because they were busy today. Um, they had a ton of cap space. Here's what they did with it. Alec Burks, three years, $30 million. Nerlens Noel, three years, $32 million. Derek Rose, three years, $43 million. And then the new signing, Evan Fournier, four years, $78 million. Nick, out of those four moves by the Knicks, which did you like? Which do you hate? Talk to me. Derek Rose is a steal. I think Derek Rose is the man. Um, obviously, his conditioning has been up for question. They kind of forced him into too much time in this in their playoff run. Listen, they weren't they didn't have a chance. Okay, if they got past that past that first round, that would have been a miracle. That would have been great for this New York Knicks team of scrubs who never thought they even have a chance of making the playoffs this year, let alone win a round. So, Derek Rose to me is the go-to. He still got it. He's still the veteran of that squad. He's the leader of that squad. Um, he's the guy I trust in crunch time with the ball in his hands. I like Burks. Uh, I think that's a decent enough price. That's affordable. Uh, I think Burks is a good scorer. His confidence has only gotten up. Uh, he's been a knockdown shooter game in, game out. I mean, I prefer him over Reggie Bullock, even though Reggie Bullock's more of a pure shooter. I'm not a huge Nerlens Noel guy. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I know it's a cheap price. I'm just not a huge Nones Noel fan. So out of those four, that's probably my least favorite or the one I find least important to the team. Uh, Evan Fournier crushing it for France uh, in the Olympics right now. I like his game. He showed up in Boston. was super, super shaky, very rusty. Looked like he really couldn't play uh, with the likes of Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I understand him piecing out of Boston where he wasn't truly embraced as much as he would have liked to be because of his game. But uh, I don't mind the 78 million. He's obviously a solid player. He's efficient. He's a good scorer. He's had some good years under his belt, especially with the Magic. So uh, Derek Rose, cool with. Burke's cool with. Uh, Nerland's Noel, meh. And uh, I support Fournier. So PJ Tucker signed two year, $15 million with Miami. Two year deal. Um, talk let's about remember him. Ariza left, which yeah, helped, which they kind of needed a guy like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But um, in regards to these Knicks, so you look at the Knicks, they were the four seed last year in, in a beaten up Eastern Conference where the Heat weren't that great, the Celtics weren't that great. Um, your, your top three teams were, were the, were the bucks, the nets and the Sixers, or the Sixers, the nets and the bucks in that order. So how do you get better? You pretty much retain most of the same team from last year. You lost Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock has signed a three year, $30.5 million deal with the Mavericks. So good for Reggie. He's getting 10, 10 a year. That's pretty good for him. Um, but what did you do? You added Evan Fournier and I just, I don't know. I don't think the Knicks are done. I think that Leon Rose, well, is going to make a few more moves, but right now, like, okay, Nerlens Noel, rim protector, fine. Alec Burks, good score off the bench, okay. Derek Rose, really solid backup point guard. Evan Fournier can start at shooting guard, but who's going to be your starting point guard? If you Fournier, can, Fournier can be a small forward. You can even be a small four. Fine, him and Barrett, but but him and Barrett virtually play the same position, so they're gonna, you know what I'm saying? No way. Barrett handles the ball. Fournier can't. Barrett's not a point guard. But he's a, he's a one or a two. I'd say Fournier is a three. Oh, okay. Uh, we can agree to disagree. I think Fournier's position is actually guard, but whatever. My, my point is this. If you're the Knicks, you still need a point guard. So it's going to be – and there's not a lot of guys left. They can go after Dennis Schroeder. They can go after Reggie Jackson. Um, a few names up there. If they really – they can still go after Spencer Dinwiddie. But uh, we'll see. It's, it's just it, – I don't think that they improve drastically based on these, these first few uh, deals that they've made – at the start of free agency. Listen, dude, they don't, I don't think they're expecting a big turnaround this year. I think this is a three to five year process for them. Okay. Uh, there's, that's fair. If you're asking me a Fournier over Bullock is a major improvement to the team. Absolutely. So that's a big step in the right direction. Okay. I looked it up. Fournier plays shooting guard and small forward. Agree to disagree because we're both right and wrong. But uh, I think this is just, listen, if you get a Fournier this year, and someone along the likes of a Porzingis next year, haha! I know he's never going back to the Knicks, but someone who's better than Fournier, who's now going to add even more, you're slowly putting pieces of the puzzle together. So I don't think there's an immediate game plan to turn this team around. I think it's kind of a slow, steady build, and I think it's a good move. By the way, I, I know we're bouncing around here, but just to go back to Miami, so there, here's their roster right now. Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo. That's Why don't they ever get another big man? They never get another big man. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta get a big man. Um, around the league, so here are just some deals that that happened today. They they were kind of headlining deals. Lonzo Ball goes to the Chicago Bulls, four years, eighty five million dollar contract for him. Um, the Bulls also make the move to sign Alex Caruso 
four year, $37 million. So all of a sudden you have a backcourt of Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. You already have Vucevic from the deal last year. Marketing's a young player. Um, you still have Kobe White on this roster. What did you think of those two signings by the Bulls? What about Zach Levine? He's he's in a contract disputes right now with with the team, and he's trying to work. They're trying to renegotiate his deal. I, he'll he'll probably be back. I mean, he's by far the best on the team. Um, you could argue you switch. I don't get Lonzo Ball. I don't. I don't, I like like you know in the show Community where there's a, a a class called Nick Cage, good or bad, and they can't decide if Nick Cage is a good or bad actor. I mean, we both feel he's a phenomenal actor, but that was a funny joke. Lonzo Ball, good or bad. I don't know. I, I can't tell in any game I watch if he's adding or detracting. And I know you can easily just look up his plus minus, and I'm guessing it's a plus if he's literally getting fat contracts and teams want him, or maybe they're just trying to dump him onto other teams. But I, I Lonzo Ball is a big question mark to me because I personally wouldn't want him on my team, but I understand fundamentally he has some sound talent. Uh, so I have really no opinion on the Lonzo Ball signing Uh Good for Alex Caruso. If your backcourt is Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, you're probably a fucking loser. But that sounds cool in hindsight, I guess. I don't know. That's That does nothing for me. I like Lonzo because Lonzo's a really good defensive point guard. He was one of the top options out there. If you're Chicago and you don't truly believe in Kobe White, then you have to make this decision. So you trade for Lonzo. You're probably going to try to move White now. Um, but if when you bring back Levine, you got a pretty nice, a solid team. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but the, the bulls have been very aggressive in free agency. Uh, another team that's always aggressive, the Los Angeles Lakers. So Dwight Howard is returning to Los Angeles as well as Trevor Ariza, two former Lakers. Both have won championships with the franchise. Uh, Ariza won back in the day with Kobe and, and Howard much more recently with LeBron. They both agreed to join the Lakers and, and they both took the veterans minimum. Um, they had to do something because they didn't sign Caruso. So that was their move. Um, I'm not crazy about it. I like the Howard signing. I think Ariza is just fucking old. I'm not sure how much more he can give you, but if you're the Lakers, you know, you, you make the move for Drummond last year, he gets hurt. You really didn't have a great big man in the playoffs. Um, and, and Howard has proven to be a very formidable backup. So I like, I like the Howard move. Not crazy about the Ariza move. I, I thought they probably should have re-signed Caruso, but but I guess they weren't willing to pay him what Chicago gave them. What do you think of these two moves by LA? I like both of them. I actually do like Ariza. I Like I said before, you have the Inguadalas, the Arizas, the Jeff Greens, the P.J. Tuckers, uh, the, the, the older players who are not going to take away. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to take too many shots and think they're the fucking man. They're going to do what they got to do. They're going to fill a role. They're going to hit an open three. Westbrook, LeBron, and AD will get Trevor Ariza the best looks of his life. All he's got to do is knock them down. He's an older, confident player. He's never been afraid to shoot the ball. He's never been afraid uh, to step up if he was needed. So I like this move. You're looking at a starting lineup now of Russell Westbrook, Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and who Drummond if he's healthy, and Dwight Howard coming off the bench. That's solid to me. I like that. As a Nets fan, I'm scared of that lineup. Because Ariza adds experience. Ariza isn't a young, unpredictable gun. You know exactly what you're going to get, right? And what's that saying? The monster you know is a lot less scary than the monster you don't. It's, it's the devil. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think um, it could be monster or devil. I think it's interchangeable. Yeah, but the saying is the devil you know is greater than the devil you don't. I don't know if that's true. 
Javal McGee to the Phoenix Suns, $5 million on a one-year deal. Um, that's great. They need a backup center. They got exposed whenever Aiton was on the bench in, in the finals. They just didn't Frank know. Kaminsky. Frank the Tank. God God bless him. He is not the answer. So you sign Javal McGee, backup center with playoff experience. You like the move. Uh, Spurs are busy in free agency. Zach Collins, three years, $22 million. Doug McDermott, three years, $42 million. Any comment on these? It just seems like the Spurs are trying to be a very average basketball team until Greg Popovich retires. I don't see these moves really benefiting them. Uh, they're always, to me, going to sit between that like 8 to 11 seed where they end up. Nobody knows. So, yeah, really indifferent about this. I don't really know what Pop's doing at this point. He's kind of nearly drove the Olympic team into the ground, and now he's just kind of sticking as a coach. Daniel Tice to the Houston Rockets, four-year, $36 million. The, the Rockets are, are building something kind of cool in Houston. Um, Christian Wood, uh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I forgot. Who, who did they take in the draft? They took someone very talented. Jalen Green. Talented McGee. But I, I like what the Rockets are doing. And Tice is – yeah, they, they did take Jalen Green and they took Josh Christopher. That was the other guy. Uh, Tice is a very talented player. I would have loved to, to have him on Brooklyn because Brooklyn needs to sign a center before free agency is over. And I, would, I, I thought he would have been excellent because he can hit the three. He can stretch the floor a little bit. He's a solid rebounder. Um, so he signs the four-year $36 million deal with the Rockets. Cody Zeller, another veteran center in this league, one-year deal with the Portland Trailblazers. So – Sean Marks has, has picked a, an interesting free agency to be pretty quiet on. And another guy I saw who, who can possibly be leaving Chicago after all their deals, and it might make sense for Brooklyn to take a look at, is Thaddeus Young. Would you like Thaddeus Young to return to the Nets, Nick? I'd be very okay with Thaddeus Young. I like Thaddeus Young. I think we had a conversation last week where you compared Thaddeus Young to someone awful. And I was pissed off because Thaddeus Young's actually a pretty solid player. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not sure if, if he helps. I guess off the bench he can bring that toughness, but like he can't shoot. He can't shoot. How, how he can much drive better is Thaddeus Young at this point in his career than an Alizé Johnson? Much, much, much. Okay. All right. So those are all the deals that are happening, or, or the significant ones. I'm sure there have been a lot more. Um, but here are some notable free agents that are left, Nick. So I'm going to say a name. You tell me where you think they are going to go. Try to make it quick. You ready? Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. Clippers. He'll stay. I think he's going to resign. John Collins. Oof. Uh, I'm going to say he's going to go to the Mavericks. Be an interesting move on their part. I think he resigns, although him and the Hawks are having serious contract disputes right now. But I think he's going to test the market, and I think I think the Hawks will figure out a way to make it work. Norman Powell. Interesting one here. I love Norman Powell. I think he's great. I think he stays on the Blaze. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Charlotte. Okay, I'm going to say New Orleans. I think that they desperately need someone that can score and play with Zion. And I think Ooh, I'm going to change mine. Sixers. Okay, great. Yeah, I think Dinwiddie goes to uh, goes to New Orleans. All right, Demar Derozan. Uh, get this man onto a decent team, please. Uh, I, you know what? I'd love to see him on someone who is a decent playoff contender. Lakers. No. Knicks. Okay. Yeah, he'd be pretty good there. My my pick is the Lakers. I think DeMar goes and joins Westbrook, LeBron, all of them. You all of a sudden have an excellent mid-range shooter who can start, come off the bench. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Mm, I like Dennis Schroeder. I think he's a solid player. I'm going to say he goes to the Pelicans. 
Okay, I'm going to say he goes to the Clippers. I think it's one of those deals where the Clippers are going to be willing to pay him. I think they'll be able to afford it, but you pair him with Paul George, Kawhi. You need a point guard if you're the, the Clippers, and, and I know they were taking a look at Dinwiddie. I don't think they're going to make a move for him, though. Um, Rashawn Holmes. Don't care. Uh, you got to pick a team, though. Uh, okay, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, I'm going to say the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Mark Keith Morris. Keith? Yeah. Where is he now? Mark Keefe was on the Lakers. Yeah, he's the worst brother. Uh, they'll probably resign. I think he signs with the Knicks. I think the Knicks make a move for Mark Keefe Morris. Although Marcus Morris was the, was the brother who played for the Knicks for a while, or I think one season. Otto Porter Jr. And this is an interesting one because I have seen ties to from him to the Nets. Charlotte. You've guessed Charlotte like four times. They got to rebuild again. Okay. Okay, I think Otto Porter Jr. goes to the Nets. I think this is a guy that Marks figures out a way to make it work. OPJ, I like Otto Porter. You need a, another wing or two. If you can maneuver a deal to get Mills, you get Otto Porter Jr., and then you get one big man to, to sure up this roster, I think you'll be looking very good come the start of the season if you're, if you're Sean Marks. Kendrick Nunn. I like Kendrick Nunn. He has no reason to stay on the Heat anymore. Um, I'm going to say he jumps to a team – that he wants to get a lot of playing time at. I'm gonna say the. I'm gonna say the Spurs. You're gonna say the Spurs. Okay. I'm gonna say that Kendrick Nunn goes to the Timberwolves. I think they can use some help at the guard position to back up D'Angelo Russell. So I'm gonna say Kendrick Nunn to the Timberwolves. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. Bucks. Bucks. Okay. I'm gonna say he goes to the Sixers. Kelly Oubre Jr. Ooh, Nets. Warriors. Victor Oladipo. Who He'll signed stay. with the Bulls? Actually, right now he didn't sign. He had to be in the sign and trade, but he could be on the move as well. Pacers, Pacers. Okay, um, I have I have Kelly Oubre. Oh, we we're talking about Oladipo. I think he stays in Chicago. I think they figure out a way to keep him. Uh, Danny Green. I was kidding. I don't think Oladipo goes back to the Pacers. Danny Green is a big stupid loser who will probably end up on the Nets because we hate ourselves. I, I would love for Danny Green to be on the Nets. I think that he ends up with the Knicks. I think the Knicks somehow make a move for Danny Green. Patty Mills, we both think he goes to the Nets. Yeah. For sure. And I didn't see his name on this list. I think he's a free agent, but Reggie Jackson, where do you think he goes? I think he, he gets a fat contract when he resigns with the Clippers. I think he just proved that he's a decent point guard. If, they, if that was the case, they wouldn't sign another big name. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, they're yeah. season. Yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll stay with the Clippers too, but that's that's only if they don't make a move for Schroeder. They're going to sign. I think the Clippers need a good point guard. It's either going to be Schroeder or Mills. All right. That does it for the basketball portion of the episode. Um, I, I wanted to end this week's show with a segment called Who is Spen Marrying Exactly? So Nick has a ton of questions for my fiance, Victoria, who is in the room. Uh, we're going to end the show with those two. I'm going to hop off. I'm going to walk out of the room. So, Nick, I will not know about this conversation until I edit the show later. Without further ado, here is my fiance, Victoria, soon to be Shanman. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Victoria. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I just gelled my hair up for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I kind of look like a. Uh, one of the Dr. Seuss characters now. Anyway, um, so I guess I have to ask you the tough, uh, the hard-hitting questions. Okay, bring it First on. First of all, um, state your date of birth. 
date of birth is 7894. Okay, that checks out. Uh, so you're marrying my bro, my big bro. Uh, I'll probably be at the wedding, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, would you prefer I wear pants at the wedding? I mean, it's up to you. It's going to be a very progressive wedding. So okay, I appreciate whatever that. you choose. I prefer pantless, but we'll see how it plays out. Okay. Um, do you know Spen's favorite color? Yes, green. Is it actually? I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. All right, what's his favorite uh, TV show? Um, I don't know. I think it varies, but like uh, probably Sopranos would be like one of those because I know he's watched it like probably eight times already. So yeah, I would agree with that. But he watches so much TV, it's hard to tell. Yeah, he loves like a good stupid television show, like Family Guy, American Dad. He loves cartoons. He loves yeah. Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched that? It's so bad. I've watched like bits and pieces, but I usually just tune out, That's go on my phone. All right, twenty years from now. You and Spen have nine kids. Nine. <laughs> They're all named Spen Jr. and Victoria <laughs> Jr. Spen comes home and he has a tattoo going down the entire side of his face. How do you react? I'd just be like, you've always told me you didn't want a tattoo. What happened? <laughs> what would you say with him? I mean, he could always get it removed. I mean, you have nine kids at that point. Yeah. All right. If you Would you rather have... Uh, Three sets of twins or two sets of triplets? Um, probably two sets of triplets. Why? Because then you only have to do it twice. That's and true. You, and you could always just have a C-section. So they just like cut you open, take them out, you know. I actually am firmly against C-sections because that's not natural childbirth. Okay, well, you're not the one giving birth all day, so I don't think you have much to say. So if your future wife is like, hey, I want a C-section, you're just going to be like, no. I'd be like, that, no, because the kids aren't really born. They're just pulled out. They're just pulled so, out. So the kids can't say I was born. So the kid could be like, I was hatched almost. Yeah, yeah. I was I was cut out and retrieved from the, from the womb. Uh, so anyway... Um, Good luck with your marriage. Thanks. <laughs> What's going to be the uh, main food at the wedding? Um, probably like pizza. If we can somehow get like a cool brick oven type situation thing there. We're talking make, toppings? Like, yeah, like a toppings bar and people just like Ooh. pick what they want. I mean, that would be so ideal, but. But someone would have to like make it, right? Like you like you wouldn't put the toppings on yourself. You'd pick what you yeah. wanted and then they'd put it in the oven for you. Like if there was like a pizza man there and he made you like a personal pie. That would I be mean, so sick. I feel like that's really a stretch, but let's see. No, I feel like that's totally doable. Yeah. What's the dream? You can have your wedding any destination in the world. Money's not an option. Where do you go? Does that include every guest is flown there, like paid by yeah. Whomever, yeah. like they don't have to worry about a cost. Okay, yeah. then probably like the Maldives, because I feel Whoa. like everyone can just enjoy that. That would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the problem with destination wedding is like if you're not paying for people, they're not gonna go. Exactly. I like the deal my friend said. She's like, because we're going to her wedding in Jamaica, and she was like, you guys all, if you come, you don't have to get me a gift because you guys are literally all buying like airfare and hotels and stuff. That's. But fair. then someone was like, we should still get her something small. Yeah. Like, oh, bah. Here's a $20 Amazon gift card. That's all I can afford. Here's an iced latte from Starbucks. You're welcome. All right. One more question. This is Victoria. She's marrying my brother, Spencer. Uh, That means forever. So, like, someone's going to die eventually and be alone. 
Would you prefer to be the alive one alone or die first and spend be alone? Honestly, if Spencer was to go first, I'd probably die like the day after. You think but so? I, Would you, wouldn't you want to date? Not really. Honestly, okay, what, I, once I met Spencer, I was like, okay, this is it. I don't, I don't want to meet anyone else. So like, right, if, he if he didn't ask soon. me to marry him, <laughs> we'd have a problem. You'd have to find an exact clone. Yeah, really. Which would be hard to find. But I think Spencer would be fine without me. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to ask him this question. No, he would not be fine. I would say that, like, you guys, if, you know, there has to be an age where it's like, all right, if we die 70 or older, we're probably not going to date. But I feel like if you were 60 and when you pass, like, that's a lot of time left. You wouldn't want to be alone. You'd want yeah. maybe some sort of partner, maybe not the most sexually compatible partner. All right, well, congratulations uh, on getting engaged. Uh, I guess I have to use the term spend-gaged uh, <laughs> for now. How do you feel about that term? I kind of like it. It's kind of catchy. Any last words for Spencer's listeners as his future wife and current fiance? Um, go nuts. Good answer. How was that? I had nothing prepared, so I winged it, but I think it was fine. Hey, you always were a fan of that Jeff Winger. Wingman. All right, that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Obviously, a ton of shit's going to happen uh, right after this episode in free agency, but just know that me and Nick did the best job we could. Thanks for interviewing Victoria, and uh, I just I appreciate everyone who, who tunes into this podcast weekly. All right, guys, this podcast was sponsored by Slate Milk. It uh, wasn't it's healthy. It's a healthy chocolate milk, 20 grams of protein, uh, unofficially and unartificial flavors. There are no artificial ingredients in Slate. 20 grams of protein, zero grams of sugar, uh, zero grams of added sugar, lactose-free, keto-friendly, tastes delicious, chocolate, dark chocolate, espresso chocolate. Use code TRYIT15 for 15% off your first order of Slate chocolate milk. If you are looking to cut sugar, you're lactose-free, you just want a delicious new source of protein, check them out, slatemilk.com. Nick, do you work for this company? Nope, and thank you guys for listening. All right, and take it easy, Nets fans. Wait, what do we say? We say catch you on the fire side. We don't say take it easy, Nets fans. Could you say it this time? All right, take it easy, Nets fans. No, catch you on the fire side. Catch you on the fire side. Take it easy, Nets fans. God damn it.